Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. And your mic sounds like trash. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with your mic. What's wrong with my mic? I don't know either. Yes, it sounds like you're like 50 feet away. It's a little muffled. All right. Well, yeah, happy uh, late anniversary, DJ Envy. Oh, thank you, man. Probably. I had a, a wonderful uh, day yesterday with the wife. You know, we absolutely positively did nothing, which was the best thing. Shout out to uh, Matt, the mortgage guy, who's been on the um, show a couple of times talking about mortgage. He actually uh, paid for uh, dinner mortgage? last night. Yeah, no, no. I wish he paid for my mortgage, but <laughs> he actually paid for dinner last night. So we uh, uh, got a restaurant out here in Jersey. It's uh, called Buka Seafood, and they delivered everything. Uh, they had shrimp. They had steak, rice, uh, so many different vegetables. It was, it was very, very good, very thoughtful. So um, I was actually going to go get some soul food, but uh, that came right before, so I didn't have to go get any food. So that was very, very nice. So me and the wife, we ate. We watched some of our uh, favorite TV shows, which are... Uh, anything with home improvement and, and people uh, finding homes, buying homes, uh, doing stuff for cheap. So we watched that all night long. And then last night, you know, we, we shot for uh, maybe maybe baby number six, maybe seven and eight, maybe maybe triplets. I don't know. But we we had a great <laughs> night. That's we nice. had a great That is night. a very thoughtful present when you give people right now uh, like a meal or gift cards, you know, for Mother's yeah. Day. I sent a bunch of my friends' mothers gift cards so that they could get Uber Eats or they could get DoorDash, depending on what's more popular where you live. That's mm -hmm. a really nice present just to put that out there for people because I know people are celebrating birthdays and things yeah. like that. If that you can give nice. somebody a gift card to just order food and be like, dinner's on me, that's a nice Ab thing to do. Absolutely. That and uh, what he, what I also did was, you know, if, if you follow me, my wife, she loves bags. Most women do, do bags and shoes. So what I did was I got a favorite, her favorite bag and uh, we drew it out and uh, I made the kids color one and I colored the other and we put it in a box and we gave it to her. So she loved that, too. You know what I did yesterday? I was... What's that? Well, first of all, and I know you already told everybody, Envy, that we won a Gracie Award for lip service. Yes. Even though it wasn't supposed to be, that information wasn't supposed to be out yet. Was so they it? did Oops. just make the announcement yesterday. <laughs> you know what's funny? I seen that yesterday and I was like, did I congratulate her already? I, w I couldn't remember. I was like, damn, yeah, that was, I was and, like, damn. And that information was embargoed. I knew about it, but we weren't supposed to announce it. But oh. I was like, okay. But um, yeah, so yesterday they made the announcement. Angie Martinez won one, Nisi mm -hmm. Nash won, Gail King. And the Gracie Awards are by the Alliance for Women and Media Foundation. So they celebrate yes. an honor programming created for women. It's a big deal. So we were excited about that. So I had a drink yesterday. And mm -hmm. what I realized is that I haven't been drinking that much. So you and got I tipsy definitely, fast. Yes, from one drink. So mm -hmm. 
Yes. So uh, that's what I did yesterday. And I was like, woo, this is too much. And then I watched Insidious. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever saw that movie. No, I haven't. But I was like, let me watch a horror movie because, you know, I love horror movies. So I watched Insidious and that's that was my night. And then I was scared to go to bed. Yeah, you know, when uh, Gee and I did that Jamaican party, we were supposed to be in Jamaica for our flyaway, and we did our, our own party. We, we, you know, we had Jamaican everything. We, you know, had Jamaican backgrounds. We had pools, drinks. I had a little drink that day, and I was twisted. I was like, how am I so <laughs> twisted so fast? But right, I really don't drink. I normally only drink if I go out or if I'm around people. I'm, I don't, like, sit at home by myself and have a drink. So since Correct. we haven't been going anywhere, I've been pretty sober. Right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Uh it is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Dr. Jess will be checking in. Dr. Jess will be talking about everything mental health, how you know how to help you if you're feeling anxiety, if you're feeling depressed. She'll help you uh, and guide us through all of that. And then, of course, ask you if you need relationship advice, any type of advice, you can get on the phone all morning long, and she will help you with your uh, problems. All right? Well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Yes, let's talk about schools reopening. Uh, Donald Trump and Dr. Fauci have two different views. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Howdy, it's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. I just want to tell you, my son just scared the ish out of me. I walked in the kitchen right fast, and he's in the, the family room sleeping. And I'm like, what the hell? He that found happened in the movie Insidious, too. There's a spider right. in his room, and a spider crawled on him like a day ago, and he will not go back in his room. Now, this kid is damn near 5'10", uh, 130-pound Lift weights every day, fully buffed, runs every day, but is scared of a little spider. He will not go back Arach- in the room. Ar- arachnophobia is real. You that never is know. Crazy. He is sleeping. I'm like, bro, you don't want to go back in the room? He's like, nope. You'd be diesel as hell, get bit by the wrong spider. It's still a rat. Don't You're matter. Right. You're right. Well, let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, ye? Well, let's start with Donald Trump. Now, he didn't like some of the comments that Dr. Fauci made where he discussed opening up too quickly. Just as a refresher, here's what Dr. Fauci said. My concern is that if states or cities or regions disregard to a greater or lesser degree the checkpoints that we put in our guidelines, there is a real risk that you will trigger an outbreak that you may not be able to control, which in fact, paradoxically, will set you back not only leading to some suffering and death that could be avoided, but could even set you back on the road to trying to get economic recovery. Now, Dr. Fauci also suggested that schools open cautiously in some places, not even in the fall. And when asked about the risk and the benefits of that, he said it's obviously very difficult. But he said, I don't have a good explanation or solution for the problem of what happens when you close schools and it triggers a cascade of events. Now, Donald Trump reacted to that and actually disagreed with Dr. Fauci. Look, he wants to play all sides of the equation. But no, uh, we're opening our country. People want it open. The schools are going to be open. And uh, Purdue is opening and others are opening and they're all announcing it. These are young people. These are students, young students. They're in great shape. They're in great shape. Now, will you have... An incident, one out of a million, one out of 500, that will something happen, perhaps. But, you know, you can be driving to school and some bad things can happen, too. So, no, we're going to open our country. They're in the country, guys. I've told yeah, you this a million times. The yeah, the I think economy, they have to. They, ha- they are. The economy is an, an omelet. We are the eggs. They have no problem breaking a few eggs to get the economy back on track. It is Which I think is crazy because they, they got the money to hold people down and make sure everybody's okay to just opens back up and, and save a lot of lives. But instead, they're like, nah, we're going to open this up. And pretty much if you die, you die. That's how they're looking at it. 
That's it. Well, I but they do have to figure out uh, with the kids learning, though, for younger kids. I think the issue is how do we make sure? And I, we be, I know they've been doing virtual classes. There's been some issues with that also. They just have to figure out how to adjust to that. I mean, yeah, you can. Until there's a vaccine or some type of treatment, like, yes, people are going to get sick when they get back out there. And Dr. Fauci does have to stop playing both sides, though, because he seems to, like, really speak t truth to power in one second, then Trump will lean on, lean on him a little, and then he'll he'll walk it back. Because I'm like, okay, should we open up cautiously, or should we stay on lockdown? Which one is it? You've right. been going back and forth with that the past couple of weeks. Right. And they are also saying that coronavirus could just be around and may never go away, according to the World Health Organization. They said it might just join the mix of different viruses that kill people around the world every year. And it might just become another virus in the community. That's fine. That's fine if we have a vaccine, though. That, that's it. It'll be like the flu. A lot of people die from the flu, but at least it, is, it can be controlled a little bit. We just need to be able to control it because right now there's no vaccine. There's no cure. There's nothing that can help us. So well, yeah, Dr. Mike vaccine. Ryan, who is the executive director for the World Health Organization, said it's uh, HIV hasn't gone away. And he said, I'm not comparing the two diseases, but I think it's important that we're realistic. I mean, totally different with HIV. It's totally HIV different. is a sexually transmitted disease. You use needles. I guess, you know, a little easier to contain, I would right. think. Right? Yes, a lot easier. And something that you could just, something that we don't even know how we catch, to be honest with you. Mm -mm. Easily right. transmittable. All right, well, that is your front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are open. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up? This is Anthony uh, from Thomas, Georgia. What's up? Anthony, what's, what's up, up Anthony? Get it off your chest. Man, I was just calling to say, man, like, you know, I disagree with what y'all are saying, man. You know, I think it is time that we, you know, get the economy back up and moving. You know, I think that we don't, you know, the money that they're taking out to give to us and stimulus checks and all these things, I, I feel like, you know, that's money that we're going to have to pay back. So it's not really... It's that's not, not like true. I'm spreading that lie. That's not true. You do not have to pay stimulus money back. That's not true. That's not that's no, absolutely positively not true. I'm talking about the national debt, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, uh, weird. That's not true. How is it not true? Why would we have to pay it back in the national debt? Who told you that? Where'd you get that no, from? No, he's saying the national debt has to be paid back. That's what I'm saying. What national like, debt? You know, we have to open the economy. What would be All right. the point? But let me ask you a question. Would you would you prefer would, would the... you prefer national debt or your or your mother and father dying? I mean, I, I I agree. You know, I mean, you're okay. Person, so you can't agree on both sides. So it's it's either the national debt or or your mother and father die, your grandparents die, or your friends die. People are dying. So it's, if we have to owe some money because we already have a national debt, who cares about money? People are more concerned about money than lives. All this money means that's nothing. Okay. That car that you're yeah, driving, that clothes, the jewelry mean nothing. If Listen, I can't hug my mother, my father, or even hug my kids. People, people are caring about money because that's why we need to open the economy because people need to be back to work. People need to be able to make money. I mean, you know, these government nice. checks, you see how slow the government is moving. You see how Listen, long it took for them to get everybody a stimulus check of $1,200. People aren't working right now. They need money. I, to I totally understand. The economy is opening back up. And once again, the economy is an omelet. People are the eggs. A few eggs we are going to get economy. broken. People are the economy. It's not No, the people are, are the, the eggs. Economy. No, right. the then, economy uh, is the omelet. You're an egg. Just, and then let me ask you a question, <laughs> brother. Who dies? Who dies more? Who dies more? What community dies more from this? I hmm? mean, either way, either way, economically or through the virus, 
the poor communities are gonna get hurt the most. Uh, right. Black and brown communities are going to hurt the most. I just think that there's no one one size fits all answer for this because there are some people who want the economy to open back up because they are suffering financially. They're suffering in different ways. And there's people who is more comfortable that are fine with the economy being closed. And then there's people who are okay to make sacrifices. It just depends. Everybody's in a different situation. So there's nothing you can do that everybody will be pleased about. I ain't gonna front. I want the, like, I'm, 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 I want the economy to, to open back up, but not, not, not if it has to do with losing my parents or with this new virus that's killing kids. It may not be your parents, but it's going to be somebody's parents. Somebody's parents. Shoot, somebody's it, kids. It's going to be somebody, period. Mm-hmm. That's why when you talk about the economy not being the egg, no, the, the people are the eggs. The economy is the omelet. You're right. Eggs make the omelet. And some eggs are going to get broken to make this goddamn omelet. And you know what? I don't want it to be my eggs. How about that? Me neither. I don't want it to be nobody's eggs. Nobody eggs, no. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is One-Legged Willie from uh, Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> one-Legged <laughs> Willie. I'm going to assume you got one leg. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Great assumption, Charlamagne. What happened? Uh, What's my leg? Uh, bear hunting, buddy. Bear, bear hunting? Did it, a bear Got caught in a bear trap? Got caught in a bear trap? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, Char- Charlamagne, that thing. Yeah, you're right. Ball here, guy. Yes, sir. Well, not bald right now, but so, I want to be. So you were walking and, and you got caught in a, in a bear trap. I I did. Yes, yeah. sir. Wow. Yeah, but uh, my my thing was to to uh, pull Jacquees to the congregation because I heard he want he sweat smoke and he don't want that. Okay, so you must <laughs> you must have just gotten internet in your area because that story is at least a year old, maybe two. Yeah. I don't remember. It seems longer. Well, that's that is you're right, and the reason why I'm bringing it up because they, they're battling right now, right? And, and nobody no. that up. And I'll tell you what, Keith Sweat was definitely smoking. So anyone they're not won't, battling won't smoke. I, no, he said me and artists are battling right now. He said nobody brought that up. Nobody brought that up for a reason, sir. Jacquees yeah, versus Keith Sweat. Keith Sweat Jacquees. Keith Sweat will wash Jacquees. Keith Sweat will wipe his ass with Jacquees the way a bear wipe his ass with your foot. Huh? Goodness gracious. As, exactly. I'm with you on that. Now, also, I want white people to come to the congregation because they thought it would be good to put collard greens on the sub. And I I thought it would be, too. But And I'm talking about, that's not so food. Where'd that happen? Collard greens what on What restaurant in North Carolina has collard green sub sandwiches? I I think Quiz knows, but I, I kind of think there's something, some new addition. <laughs> Let me look this up. But, uh, yeah, it's. Listen, it's nothing to die for. Please don't go try it. White people, please stop putting collard greens on the stove, oh please. Goodness. All right, one-legged Willie. But you have Love a you, morning. one-legged Willie. a lot of things that he, he just wanted to get it off his chest. That's the All true right. definition. I, one-legged Willie will bust your ass at hopscotch. Stupid. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass this is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? It's Dre. Dre, what up? Get it off your chest, bro. Well, how y'all doing this morning, man? I just want to say God bless y'all. Peace, King. Thank you, brother. And I want to say, and I want to say, man, stop giving the police a reason to kill us, kill us as young black men and as black men in general. And I want to say, like, um, basically, when you see the horse, don't go smack it on the butt. So it can kick you in the face. Who's smacking okay. horses on the ass? I'm just saying as a metaphor. 
Don't go, don't go, don't go bite the, don't go, don't go kick the gate in the, in the behind and then expect it not to bite you. Well, you know, a lot of times people are minding their business, not doing anything wrong. Sometimes even yes, in their you know, own home. Places, everything is wrong. There's no, there's no, there's, okay. no way, there's no right way with that. But I'm just saying, as a black man, like, don't go antagonize it because they're just, they're, they're just giving them what they want. I haven't seen anybody. And Brianna, Brianna Taylor didn't antagonize nobody. She got killed by police. That's that's crazy. That's crazy, and I know exactly what you're talking about. That story hurt me the other day. It kind of brought me to tears a little bit because that's totally wrong. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is, dude, my they dude, from where I'm from, running from the police, they shot him down because of some he was doing around the corner. That he that all they wanted him to do was stop, but he decided to run, and they gave him no right to do what they did to him. Yeah, but you don't shoot you don't yeah, shoot a man shoot just because he's running away. He's running, yeah. You don't, you don't. You don't. But just. So, don't don't just stop and don't 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 just stop giving them a reason to hurt us. Well, sometimes stop, people stop run because they being. are scared of the cops. Your your first instinct might be, let me just get out of here. I don't know what's going to get running. shot. I, I grew up basically in a, in, a, in a very bad neighborhood. The police say stop. You put your hands up and you stop. So 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 basically, you want people to just stop being black. Don't what you said. Stop being black. Is that yeah? Because you know that you know that's why they're getting. You know that's why these people are getting killed, right? Yeah. I know, I know you. I know you've seen them interact with white people differently than they do black people. Yes, yes, you're right. Like the kid in the okay then who was running, who was in the high speed chase. What do you say? They ain't. They not gonna. They ain't gonna catch me this easy, ma. Okay, that's, I can understand what you're saying, but he, that still should that still shouldn't be a death. That still shouldn't be a death sentence, though, my death, brother. That's not a death. That's not. That's not for death. But what I'm saying is, don't antagonize it. Okay. I think y'all just trying to get my blood pressure up this morning. Yeah. Okay, know I let's, have just, my, you know, know, let's keep it moving. Thank you so much. I, you have a great day. Y'all know I ain't have my green tea yet. You know what I'm saying? I think y'all just calling up here to get on my nerves. Pick up a call. Somebody going to tell me about 5G. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk about this million-dollar donation. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Robert Kraft, who owns the Patriots, actually donated the Super Bowl ring from 2017. And that is for Michael Rubin's All-In Challenge. A lot of celebrities have donated items, and the initiative has raised more than $41 million so far. And that particular item has already hit over $1 million in bidding. Wow. I wonder why people give away stuff like that. Like, that seems like stuff that really, 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 really means something to them. A Super Bowl ring? Like, well, he has a donation, though, for a good cause. And he has a couple of them. He's an owner. He has a couple of them. He's a, and remember this. He can always make another one. He is the owner. Yes, he can. Make another one? Why not? Yeah, make another ring. He can make another ring. Uh, I guess. Or maybe he's selling a duplicate. Who knows? That's true. I just, I just feel like that's so sentimental. That's something that really, really means something. That's a Super Bowl ring. You can't, you don't just get those every day. It's for a good cause, and they do. They got those, like, damn near every day. And then Robert Kraft and Michael Rubin are really good friends, so I'm sure he knew it would be helpful for that. And, you know, it's a great it's a great thing, though. It's over a million dollars. I think that's the most for an item so far, right? Because we saw the $800,000 mm-hmm. for the Tom Brady uh, th- that somebody paid $800,000 for. So now that's over a million. All right, now Kevin Hart, he's talking about this whole coronavirus and how he's on edge. And he told a story about a fan that wanted to take a picture with him. Here's what he said. I go to the gas station, I get out to pump gas. People pull up, they saw me. They jump out, oh my God, Kevin Hart, let us get a picture. I jump back, whoa! I said, y'all got no mask on, no gloves, no nothing. 
I don't know what went down in my mind, but in my mind, this was the movie Contagion. That's the fucking mindset that this craziness has put me in. He's absolutely right. If you're going to take a picture, you're going to have to do a, a selfie from six feet away, sir, or ma'am. Yeah, now's not the time to really be trying to, like, take pictures with people and do uh -huh. things like that. But people you still know, you do. Can... People still yeah, do. You just got to wear your mask. You got to wear your mask. I mean, it, you know, people understand. Like, you know, a couple people asked me to take a picture when I was at grocery shopping the other day, and everybody wore their mask. They understood. And I make them... Yeah, uh, when like, I how do we know it's you? When I went grocery shopping, I made them stand six feet away. And that's a great question, too. I'll be, be trying to figure out how they know it's me in a mask as well. I don't understand mm -hmm. that. I'm like, I can't stick up no stores if, if things ever get bad. All right. In addition to that, Damn, Kevin Hart <laughs> is talking about what's going to happen at casinos in the future. They have built glass cubbies around each seat. So you sit at your seat and plexiglass around you and the same for the next person. All right. That'll be interesting. Part of the fun of gambling, too, is being social at the table. Yeah, talking and, and talking-ish and drinking and everybody cheering each other on. That's going to be a little odd, a little difficult, I, but I'm not a big gambler anyway, so. I've seen I've seen to be designs. at that blackjack table and, and talking to other people and joking around and, all right, I got you, all right, I took one for the team. It's fun. I've seen designs like that for restaurants as well, the glass cubicles. I've seen that mm -hmm. for restaurants and gyms, the designs for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, now the Michael Jackson musical MJ has been moved to spring 2021. So they were suppo supposed to start previews and all of that soon, but now they're going to start previews next March. It's an eight-month postponement because of coronavirus. Those new dates were just announced yesterday. So that is going to start March 8th, 2021. I'm definitely going to see that. You know, I love a Broadway play. So Broadway, as you all know, we talked about this, is shut down. No plays until right. September at this mm -hmm. point. All right. And Netflix has put out the trailer for the Jeffrey Epstein docuseries. It's called Filthy. It's a four-part series about uh, Jeffrey Epstein and how he was a pedophile and all the women who fell victim to his sex trafficking ring. There's stories from the survivors and all of that. Here is the trailer. The disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein is dead. He was stunningly rich. He had a $20 million house, his own private island in the Caribbean. It has a nickname, the Pedophile Island. In 2005, the Palm Beach Police Department received reports of young women going to and from his residence. There was an ever-revolving door of girls. Who else was underage? All of them. Those girls brought other girls, too. This is the tip of a much bigger iceberg. Take them down. Take everybody down. You know, I thought to myself, man, they made that movie fast. He just died. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, if you know you're going to kill somebody, you can shop the, the studios. They, they were shopping this before they killed him. Uh, I mean, uh, before he killed himself. But they definitely were shopping this before he died. Because this is quick. Or, you know, they might have started filming a docuseries even while he was alive. And then he ended well, up... The, tra the trailer starts off, he's dead. I know, but I'm saying they could have did that later. It could have been them interviewing people over a period of time, even before that happened. And it's a series of That's interviews, so I could see this having happened like well, either, pretty quickly. Well, either, either way, when you know you're going to kill somebody... That's a great. That's that's a great way to shop it. Okay, like look, we got this great documentary about this Larry Epstein guy. He's like a world class, you know, uh, pedophile Epstein. sex trafficker, whatever the hell his name is. He's a world class pedophile sex trafficker, and we're gonna kill him and make it look like he killed himself. Who wouldn't buy that? I would. 
All right, and uh, there's also going to be a Netflix uh, film that's going to be on the USA Gymnastics sexual abuse scandal. So that's going to be coming, too. That's the former team doctor, Larry Nassar, mm, and the allegations against him and the failures of USA Gymnastics to protect their athletes also. It's called Athlete A, and that will be on Netflix on June 24th. If there's drama, if there's a traumatic real-life story out there, they will turn it into a scripted event, won't they? Or a documentary or something. Well, I think it affected so many different people, and how could something like this happen? So I think it's a good way for people to understand all the details of the investigation. And a lot of times, yeah, real I just life... don't. Yeah, I just don't like people profiting off other people's trauma. I really don't. Like it's like Jesus Christ. Like, eh, there's a lot of other things that uh, they could be putting in production. Well, that's a really and, powerful and, and, story. And do the and do so the victims do the, do the they victims should get, get money, money from this? They definitely should be, get money. That, that's all I be caring about. I'm like, do the victims get money from this when they do this? But I feel like they do that all the time. Faces all over. Yes. All the time. Well, the, docu- right. the documentary will center on athlete A, who is the first gymnast to report Larry Narsar's abuse to USA Gymnastics. And uh, that's Maggie Nichols. She's a former member of the national team, and she went on to have a great career at the University of Oklahoma. In 2018, she came forward and identified herself as athlete A. And after that, hundreds of fellow survivors uh, came forward. So it was yeah, a lot of fallout. Man. They got to get a victim effect. some money, man. You going to tell right. my Maggie's- story? I got to relive this pain. That's you should, right. you should, give, you should give me right. some money. If Maggie's getting a check, cool. If Maggie's an executive producer, if she got equity in it, great. Other than that, you're just profiting off people's trauma. Well, yeah, but these are important stories, though, to be told as well. So I don't know what the logistics are of how they worked it out behind the scenes, but I do believe it's an important story, and I'll definitely be watching. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, we got front-page news. What are we talking about? We're going to give you some details on what's going on in different cities. As you know, everybody has a different city by city, state by state on what's happening with coronavirus on opening up and, you know, things opening and shutting back down. So we'll tell you what they're doing uh, as far as the stay at home order in different places. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's get into front page news. Where are we starting with? All right. Well, let's start with Wyoming. They're allowing restaurants, bars, and theaters to open on Friday. So that's tomorrow under a new order that was signed by their governor. They said we're trying to work our way safely to as normal conditions as we can get. Tables will be limited to six people. But unlike most states with similar, similar regulations, people from different households will be allowed to sit at the same table. Buffet service is not allowed. And tables must be separated by at least six feet. In Maryland, the governor is saying that he's working with D.C. and Virginia officials on the next stages, on the next steps for their state. And they said the areas surrounding D.C. are hotspots for COVID-19. They said 70% of our infection rates are in four counties. I think 50% of it is in the two counties surrounding Washington. So they said uh, he spoke with both leaders on Friday and took their input into consideration as they're trying to figure out what they're going to do as far as uh, stage one reopening guidelines. So we should know about that soon. So now, on May 18th... You, you, mm-hmm. you still don't have to go out, okay, no. just because things are opening up, right? I don't think the government in these states understands how fear works. Y'all have no precautions and nothing in place to make your people feel safe. So why would they well, go out? Well, you know what the, the, well, the thing is? And, and, you know, a lot of people can defer their mortgage for three months, defer their car notes for three months, but then what happens after that? That's why a lot of people are like, I have to go out. Yeah, I can defer it for three months, but then what happens on that four month? I got to pay. You know, what happens on that four month for my car note? What happens on that four month for a lot of my bills? I have to pay. So if they don't stretch that out, people have to go out. 
Mm-hmm. Well, in D.C., they extended their stay-at-home order through June 8th, and Virginia is going to do a partial reopening starting tomorrow, with Northern Virginia maintaining firmer restrictions. On May 18th, 11 DMV centers will reopen on an appointment-only basis that select services like getting a license, vehicle mm-hmm. registration, things like that. Mississippi, they're going to end suspension of evictions on June 1st. So they will end their temporary okay. suspension on evictions, and they said they have we have to recognize housing doesn't just happen and it doesn't grow on trees. We cannot suspend evictions forever. See, so but see, the problem with that is, is if people can't work and now you just want them to get back to work, I'm going to get evicted. You know why? Because three months I haven't paid. I'm just getting back in the workforce. How am I going to pay? How am I going to make that Wait, back up? You kick me out in the streets and then where I go from there? You're right, but when I say you don't have to go out, work is one thing. That's essential. I'm talking about the restaurants and movie theaters that... Angelie oh. first was talking about, and why a lot you, of these, you know a lot of these people work to, there though. A lot of people work at if you if you if you work there if you if you work there, I totally understand. I'm talking about people who just want to go out there for recreational purpose. You don't have to go to the restaurants. You don't have to go to the movies. See, but the you thing working, is, I, I totally understand. If I work at a restaurant and you don't go, I don't make money. That's the so whole you, but point. That's will the, go. That, that, but that's the whole point of why this uh, opening up the economy so quick is probably not going to work. Because what if people don't come out to support the economy? The economy is still going to go to. I started to say. Well, that I think before. with restaurants in particular, they they are still doing social distancing and trying to figure out ways to make it safer for you to be able to go to a restaurant. So, mm-hmm. all right, California has ten counties moving into stage two of reopening, according to the governor there. So, seven counties will be moving into the next stage of reopening businesses. Right now, there's 58 total counties in that state, so 10 of those will be moving into stage uh, two. Didn't Cali just order another stay-at-home lockdown for three months? L.A., L.A., Los Angeles County. Oh, just L.A., okay. All right, the mayor of Detroit is saying that COVID-19 numbers are dropping the fastest in the country. So they said that's because a lot of the residents are wearing masks. A lot of them are social distancing. They said the state will expand testing starting today. So Detroit will be able to test 2,000 residents a day with a prescription. They've also made testing available without a prescription to anyone over the age of 60. And so according to the mayor there, they are having the numbers dropping faster than anywhere else in the U.S. In Florida, the governor is saying that all professional sports are welcome for practicing and for playing. So they are welcoming you to come there. In Iowa, they're lifting restrictions in all 99 counties. They said there, we can and must reopen our economy. We can restart a stable, safe and re- in a stable, safe, and responsible way. And we can slow the spread, protect the health of Iowans and their livelihood, and protect the health care system in the long run. So restaurants, fitness centers, retail stores, malls, they will be allowed to reopen. They should just finish the NBA season in Florida. Let all the teams just go down there, you know what I'm saying, stay down there for the next two or three months, however long it takes, quarantine in Florida, and just, you know, finish the NBA season there. All right, and one thing you may have noticed is that prices in the supermarket are soaring. So a lot of things are getting more expensive. Uh, You know, for breakfast, egg prices went up 16.1% last month. And cereal went up, milk, bread, juice, everything. So just keep in mind when you go to the supermarket, meat prices went up 3.3%. Yo, I didn't uh, know. Chicken went up 5.8%. Fish, 4.2%. Paper towel. I didn't know paper towel was so expensive. Paper towel is expensive. Didn't know y'all got that extra $1,200. Goodness gracious. Y'all got that extra extra $1,200 in your pocket. Mm. They know. All right, well, that is your front page news.
All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And Dr. Yes, Jess will be checking in. We're going to kick it with Dr. Jess, see how we can uh, deal with a lot of anxiety, depression, and more. So don't move, Dr. Jess, when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We had a special guest on the line, Dr. Jess. Yes, indeed. Good morning, Dr. Jess. Good morning. Congratulations on the new baby, you in law. Thank you. And happy Mother's thing. Day. It was your first Mother's Day, so I know that was amazing. It was. We were inside, but it was, it was nice. How have you been maintaining your mental health, you know, with a new baby and this pandemic, like, what have you been doing to stay stay relatively sane? Oh, yeah. Well, the biggest thing I do is I stay connected with my loved ones. I think one of the things that really is dangerous for people is loneliness, you know. And so even if you're surrounded by people, I know some people are, are um, staying at home, you know, with a lot of people, they're, you know, their extended family. But if you feel lonely, that can lead to a lot of problems with not only your physical health, but your mental health. So I, I've been staying connected. I do a lot of video calls with like my family, show the baby off. Um, mm-hmm. And we do take, a, we take a few walks. We wear the mask. We cover the baby up in that little, you know, rain uh, covering for, for the stroller. So we, yep. we try to, we try to get some sunlight too. Y'all, y'all relationship <laughs> with y'all child going to be crazy though, because like y'all going to be so close. Cause both of y'all are together with the baby all the time in the first few months. That's going to, that's actually going to be a blessing. I receive that. Thank you. My worry is if we don't get out of this soon, he's going to be a little weird kid not able to deal with anybody <laughs> but he's still a baby. Now, what was it like giving birth during this time, too? Because I know some people were scared about it. I've read a lot of articles about women who, you know, nine months pregnant and they're a little concerned. So what was that process like for you? Me and, me and my husband-in-law, we actually had decided to do a home birth way before the pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) So a part of it was just because we know the rates of, you know, the black maternal death rates are very high in New York Mm -hmm. city, you know, a lot higher than across the country. And I knew from my experience in medicine that I did not want to be silenced in the hospital. I was worried about, you know, just not really having my experience go the way I wanted it to. So mm-hmm. we went that route, and it ended up being a very peaceful uh, experience. You know, I had a midwife. My doula was there. The law was amazing. And we just literally, as soon as the baby was born, you know, a few hours, they check you, do all of these other things. They leave, and it was kind of neat. neat. They just, like, turn the light off and let themselves out of your out And everybody just goes home, and, and you're yeah. there. Wow. So there's no <laughs> visiting hours. There's no, you can't watch the baby now. This is it's just strictly, wow, that's an amazing, that's amazing. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> it was, it was. So I, I definitely encourage people, you know, home birth maybe isn't for everyone, but during this time, it's going to be really important for people to, to find some sort of support that's going to help mm-hmm. them. Even if you're, you know, if you're in the hospital and some hospitals aren't letting parents stay long, you know, right. you just want to kind of prepare yourself mentally for what that will look like. But all births are good births. Mm-hmm. You know, I was right. going to ask, you know, you, you, well, congratulations again, and, and you have a new baby, but for some parents out there that have kids that are a little older, you know, what would you advise to them for their mental health? I mean, because it has to be difficult to seeing their friends, to not being able to see their friends, and then you don't want them online all day long, you don't want them watching TV all day long, and you're, you know, concerned constantly about how are they thinking mentally, you know? Right. 
first thing that's going to be important for everyone is to maintain uh, maintain a routine as much as possible, right? I think mm-hmm. we all can fall into the slump of just staying in your pajamas all day, sleeping until whenever, staying up until whenever, you know, letting the TV put you to sleep. Really try to avoid that. And then I think for parents, it's going to be important to try to create an environment where they can talk about how they feel. I know I'm always saying that, talk about how you feel, talk about how you mm-hmm. feel, but that's going to be so important. You know, family time is going to be important. It's a big opportunity for people to do that. If you're having dinner, have dinner all together. Don't do that stuff in front of the TV. Sit down, you know, at a table. If you know, if you have one that you can all gather around, do that, and just invite invite your children to talk about how they're doing. You know, and don't don't tell them that what they're feeling isn't normal. Don't don't tell them, oh, they should get over that. Really encourage them to talk about how they feel and just normalize it. Because let's be honest, we don't really know how long this is going to last. Right. Um, and I think if you're honest about that with your children and just keep creating that space, they can at least feel safe in knowing that you hear them and that you're taking care of them. Dr. Jess, what advice do you have for people who are experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety for financial purposes? People have been furloughed. They've been laid off from work. They don't know how they're going to pay their bills. They've been just deferring payments. And then at some point they are going to have to make those payments, but maybe they don't know what type of job they'll have. What would you say as far as that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be the, the really tough reality. From, from large-scale disasters, we know that, that there typically is an increase in the number of cases of anxiety, depression, PTSD, for example, with, with 9-11. So the reality is a lot of people are going to probably come out of this with some signs or symptoms of anxiety and maybe even anxiety disorder. So it's very likely that that's what the person is going to experience. So my advice is to try to do your best to cope with it. Um, you know, the, the, the sad reality is a lot of Americans are unemployed right now. We're seeing the highest rates that we've seen in decades. Uh, and, and the reality is a lot of people will not be able to, to make, make payments. So try to work with your support system to come up with a way to, to, to figure out which bills are going to be most important. A lot, of, a lot of companies are giving, you know, 90 days between bills. So try to mm-hmm. figure out who's doing that. Um, you know, really, really try to push through what you're feeling in terms of figuring out a plan. And then coping with anxiety is going to be simple things like, you know, trying to make sure that you're getting some exercise in, in the space that you're in, in your home, exercise, yoga, doing some deep breathing, talking about what you're feeling, don't hold it in. But this is a really tough time. Um, and and I, I expect people to really have a, have a hard time. So you, you expect to see a rise in like just mental illness period? after the coronavirus? Well, during the coronavirus and after? Absolutely. So experts are saying that after we, or even just during this, or once we get through COVID-19, that we probably will see increases in anxiety, depression, loneliness, because people are, you know, isolating alone. Um, and even, you know, some people may, we may see an increase in things like domestic violence, child abuse, because children are home instead of at school, um, and substance use too. People are using substances to cope alcohol, marijuana, you know, they're using that a lot to try to get through this time, but that can also lead to problems down the road. And even something called death by despair, you know, suicide rates are, are going up in, in, in terms of like we're seeing physicians do that more now because of all the stress that they're under. And even longer term risk, if somebody's drinking alcohol every single day to try to get through, liver damage down the road can actually be contributing, contributing to this death by despair that we're also seeing. All right, we have more with Dr. Jess. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
Howdy, it's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's Mental Health Awareness Month, and we're still kicking it with Dr. Jess Yee. What advice do you have you know, for people who aren't able to properly grieve right now also? As you can see, with funerals, there's a lot of limitations with that. We're seeing deaths where you can't even go to the hospital and visit somebody before they pass. So what kind of advice would you give for people that are having problems with this whole grieving process and not really being able to experience that right now when they need to? Yeah, that is another really difficult experience for people to have. The, 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 what I recommend is really, again, leaning on your support system, your, you know, your loved ones, your family, your friends, using things like Zoom. Obviously, you can't hold a service over that. But what you can do is use that community um, to really just kind of honor that person's memory. You know, I, I know someone personally who, you know, their loved one passed away and they still haven't even been able to start the burial or cremation process. So it's very, very wow. devastating now. Um, and, and I would just encourage people to really try to lean into their support and be creative, you know. How can people get help? Because, you know, usually it's easy. You can go to your therapist. You can go to your pastor. You can, different places you can go. But now I'm stuck at the home and I might be dealing with anxiety. I might be dealing with depression. How do you advise people to get those type of help? Where can they go? Who can they see? Who can they call? Who can they Zoom, you know? Absolutely. So, you know, if you already are connected with a mental health professional, your therapist, your psychiatrist, now is not the time to quit. A lot of providers are doing virtual visits. So, you know, I'm mm -hmm. also doing that as well, where you can talk to your provider directly. So mm -hmm. keep doing that if you're doing that. If you're looking for help, there are a lot of crisis lines available now um, that can help people kind of through the immediate. So, you know, whatever town or city you're in, Google search it, look it up on your smartphone, you know, what crisis lines are, are available in, in your town. Again, this is a time to really be proactive. Uh, and there are a lot of resources available because so many people are suffering. Absolutely. Doc, when we talk about anxiety, right, like, you know, usually when I'm talking to my therapist about anxiety, it's like an irrational fear. Like, anxiety is usually irrational fears. But this is a very rational thing to be afraid of, this whole pandemic we're in. So what would you tell your patient if they told you that they were experiencing anxiety about this situation? I would say I'm, I'm glad that you're in touch with your emotion because this is something that most people are experiencing. You know, I had someone ask me, there were a uh, the husband and wife, they both drive buses for a city and they were experiencing anxiety and they asked me, how do I cope with this? And the reality is that anxiety can be useful because if you're a frontline worker and you're looking at coworkers getting really sick, some of them dying, you are feeling what you are describing, Charlemagne, as, as rational fear. And so use that. Is it time for the, you know, I told this uh, couple, is it time for one of you to consider maybe not working if your resources can allow that? Is it time to really kind of advocate for that? Because if both of you end up sick, where does that put you? So that anxiety can be useful because it can tell you something is going on and I need to figure out how to get through this, whether it's unemployment, figuring out how you're gonna pay your bills, figuring out what you're gonna tell your children, or figuring out if you still need to go to work. Because black and brown people, we are being forced to kind of be at the front line of, of this of this entire pandemic. So to your point, Charlemagne, I would tell my patient, what are you feeling anxious about? Let's figure out if there's a way that you can actually work through this so that you can figure out a plan. And then let's try to figure out how to cope. But first things first, let's figure out what is the real issue here. And, and you know, you spoke about people, um, you know, staying home, right? Do you think people's mental exhaustion from being stuck at home is forcing them to believe it's actually safe to resume everyday life? 
Absolutely. So denial is a defense mechanism that we have a number of different defense mechanisms that our psyche uses to help to kind of protect it, right? You can use denial. You can say, oh, this isn't really happening. You can project. You can say, I'm not mad. My husband is the one that's mad, but really you're the one that's feeling that emotion. So I do think because a lot of people, you know, we've been home for almost two months for, for, for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then the media is shifting the story to, look, this town is open. You got people protesting. So I do think that it can cause people to think that this is now sort of over. But if they paid attention to what happened in the Senate yesterday, a lot of experts are pointing out that while these places, towns are opening, that we are still seeing a rise in the number of cases. And even though the media is not focusing on what's happening with black and brown people, we are still the ones who are being affected. All right. You know, a lot of people, um, they haven't, uh, they maybe not haven't having developed mental illness, but how can they just combat general thoughts of, uh, of, of negativity? Like when you got those feelings of negativity at a time like this, how do you just combat those just regular everyday feelings of negativity? Absolutely. So I encourage people to practice mindfulness. Uh, mindfulness is really just taking a small moment of, of time and focusing as many of your senses on whatever you're doing. So an example I always give people, it can be like picking up a piece of fruit, an orange, really taking in that. It sounds really corny, but what that does over time is it helps people to learn how to cope with acceptance. Being able to accept that this is a situation that I'm not in control of. And if you're able to sort of develop that type of coping, then it does lead to less anxiety, right? Whereas a lot of people cope by trying to figure out everything. You know, if I can figure out I'm going to meet all of my, you know, bills, or if I can figure out how I'm going to get my children to do all of these things, that makes them feel relief. But we're in a time where that's not realistic. So mindfulness is going to help you to learn how to accept, just be in the moment. It is what it is. The other thing is really to reframe the way that you are, talking to yourself or talking out loud. So instead of saying that I'm stuck at home, you know, you're safe at home. Instead of saying, well, you know, oh my God, I'm spending too much time with my family. Like you all encourage me, look how much time I get to spend with my family. And that's going to help your mind to not really get into that negative cycle. Um, And it's not easy to do, but you can find if you can start to do that really over time, you might really be able to to shake a lot of those negative thoughts. It's really about reframing the way that you're thinking and talking. What about the people who've been expressing disappointment in themselves because they feel like they haven't been productive? Our old standards are no longer what we need to be using. So it's, it's absolutely okay if you don't come out of this pandemic with the New York Times bestseller. It's okay if you do not come out of this pandemic with everything done. You really just need to focus on maintaining. It's a good time to forgive yourself for things and not feel guilty about. I'm watching TV. I look at it like I never get to watch TV like this, so I'm going to watch this and enjoy it. And one thing I did say, because I I started off with this, like working out every day and being really healthy, and then I spent a little bit of time like not doing so well. And then I had to get myself back on track a couple of days ago. Like, what am I doing? But I looked at it like this has never happened for me before. Like this is unprecedented. I don't know if it will ever happen again. So I am trying to take advantage of some things in my home that I need to handle and that I haven't had a chance to do. So I look at it like that. Absolutely. And that's what I think a lot of people should do. Just, you know, take practice self-compassion. Absolutely. Mm And, and listen, this is my last question. Can we can we talk about the pressure that you and Law put on y'all young king by naming him brilliant? <laughs> I figured this was going to come up. You know, I think, <laughs> I don't think it's pressure. What I think this is is really going to help him to 
hear every time his name is called what my hope is for every black and brown kid out there is to know that they are brilliant, to know that they are destined for something bigger, for whatever it is that they, you know, decide to do in life. And then to be honest, it really is a challenge because you cannot yell at a kid named Brilliant. I can't be telling <laughs> but down. I really got to think about it. So, you know, it's something that we thought about and right. we're, really, we're really happy with. Well, thank you, Dr. Yeah. Jess, for checking in. We appreciate you. Give me your Twitters and Instagrams and all that good stuff, Dr. Jess. Oh, yeah. So it's Ask Dr. Jess um, on Instagram. That's really where I spend a lot of my time. You know, I always want to connect with therapists. You can visit my website, AskDrJess.com. Make sure that you let me know where you, you, know, you practice, what kind of work you do, because I think we should really connect during this time. Um, and then I'm also taking patients. So, you know, you can also go to AskDrJess.com and, and fill out some information there. Well, thank you, Dr. Jess. Okay. We appreciate you for checking thank you, Dr. More Jess. Time. All appreciate right. you. It's The Breakfast Bye. Club. It's Peace. Dr. Jess. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk virtual graduations. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Yes, and I've seen a lot of people doing great things for the graduating class of 2020. I just saw Lonnie Love do the graduation speech for Cass Tech in Detroit. Now they're saying this weekend, uh, Saturday, there will be a Graduate Together America Honors High School Class of 2020, and that's going to be happening um, one-hour special at 8 p.m. Eastern. It'll also be broadcast in Spanish on Univision, and there'll be a special message from Univision anchors as well. So President Barack Obama will deliver deliver the commencement message, Mm -hmm. and they're also going to have Bad Bunny, who's going to be addressing the students in a special message in Spanish. And there will be other prominent people as well that will be uh, highlighted this weekend. LeBron James, her, the Jonas Brothers, Yara Shahidi, Lena Waithe. So that should be a really dope one. Pharrell is going to be on there, Olivia Wiles, and Dea. And a lot of students, educators, and families can now watch on graduatetogether2020.com. I still don't understand how America can, uh, you know, find a way to open up restaurants and socially distance, but can't find a way to have graduations and socially distance. Yeah, so I agree. To me. The park, the beach, you know, people are still Work flying. Well, my daughter Work. can't walk across the stage. But your daughter can't walk across the stage? Like, God damn, yo. You think it also matters the size of the school? Because some schools are like 3,000 students in a high school. Well, they can still they, they have gyms where they can spread those kids out. And they don't, have to, people they don't out. have to be running, running across the stage together. You give them six feet and it makes it easy. Or you could even do it in a parking lot. Do it in a parking lot. I don't care. Have the parents sit in the car. So that way they can I just hear and some, see. Some hey, schools are saying Florida, that they are going to... Just delay hey. it and do it later. How about just do it on the beach? And y'all don't mind how many people be walking on the beach? Just open hey. up the beach and do the graduation on the beach. That, that, that's, it's just weird, true. man. We got America got its priorities all wrong, bro. But my daughter don't even all have right. her, her, her cap and gown, so I gotta get my, my cap and gown. I'm gonna give it to her, and then we gotta do some kind of ceremony. I'm gonna do something for her this weekend. Something. You build like right, your dog. Also this weekend, the ESPN mm-hmm. docu series, The Last Dance, will be on. I know you guys are excited to see these next two episodes. Very much anticipated. According to reports, though, they are saying that Scottie Pippen is unhappy about The Last Dance and the way that he's portrayed as underpaid, as frustrated. Even though Jordan did say that he's the best teammate he ever had and he wouldn't have had as much success without him. 
but you know he was frustrated about uh it does talk about how he was frustrated about making far less than his teammates there were rumors that he might be traded to another team he chose not to have surgery on his ruptured ankle tendon and uh, uh, michael jordan did call that move selfish so it's just a, a lot of things that they are allegedly saying that scotty pippen isn't happy about he did do interviews for the series he did have the opportunity to talk about his feelings of frustration about being underpaid about being undervalued and a lot of people came to his de defense, including Dennis Rodman. And he said, I wish he didn't give a ish like me about what people say. He ins uh, and so he said he, that Scottie Pippen does take criticism to heart. Yeah, How I mean, would you feel about the truth to the matter? I mean, if it is true, and it sounds like it's true, but I'm sure he's upset because, you know, people only look at one side. And I'm sure there's Pippen's side of why he did what he did. But, I mean, but who All cares? that's in the doc, though. They talk to doc. Every time they say something about Scottie, they cut to Scottie Pippen to talk to him about it. That's true. That's what I'm saying. Like, how you mad about the truth? Like, it's the reality of the situation. He was underpaid. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, one person, Charles Barkley, <laughs> is calling out Michael Jordan, and he's saying that his relationship with Michael Jordan will never be mended. Listen to this. That's never going to happen, Dan. You can let that go. Dan, stop it, brother. We're good. Michael's doing great. Chuck's doing great. Uh, but that, that that's never going to happen, brother. I'm too stubborn for that. I get it. And it in addition, Charles Barkley says that Michael Jordan was selective about who he went hard on. He knows who to pick on. There's certain guys you can't treat like that. Like, you have to know what guys you can treat badly, and they're going to accept it. You know, uh, screaming at guys all the time, punching guys. Come on, man. There's certain guys that will whoop the hell out of you if you try doing that. So he has selective prosecution. I mean, Scott Burrell and Steve Kerr. I mean, uh, <laughs> come on, man. I disagree with that. I think Jordan pushed people who he felt like uh, weren't playing to their full capabilities. He didn't have to do that with Rodman or Pippen or Horace Grant because they came to play and play hard every night. He pushed people. But he did it to Horace, too. Needed, he did it to Horace, though. He did it to Horace, Horace too. He, can't eat, he, you know? he did it to Rodman at one point, too, but he just pushed yeah. people who needed to be pushed. Like, he got the most out of everybody. I don't think he... Picked and choose who, who yeah, he wanted so to get on. I think he just wanted to win. People that he That's felt were, weren't playing hard enough, he he pushed them. Ain't no That's problem. Now, Charles, Charles Barkley also said that he feels that Jerry Krause was portrayed unfairly in the docuseries. Uh, actually, Jerry Krause, because uh, I think, uh, you know, Reinsdorf has thrown him under the bus and drove over him like 10 times. You know, the notion that Jerry Krause broke up the Bulls, anybody who thinks that's got to be a fool. Uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf didn't want to pay those guys. You know, he had a chance to play Horace Grant. He let him go. He didn't want to pay Scotty. I guarantee, I don't even know what Dennis was making, but I bet it was peanuts. When it was time to pay everybody, he broke up the team. I don't know if unfairly is the right word, but I do agree that Jerry Krause is taking a lot of smoke when it should be him and the owner getting smoked together. Because, you know, outside of Jordan, he built the perfect team around MJ. He hired Phil Jackson. Mm -hmm. And then they all let their own egos get in the way. Well, he let his own ego get in the way. And then uh, on top of that, the owner didn't want to pay them. So, right. yeah. I think they should be sharing the smoke. Well, listen, all this does is uh, make it more press for us to be watching this weekend, The Last Dance. So everybody's weighing in. And this is the last two opinion. episodes. There's a lot weekend, of stories. Right? Yes, there's yes, a lot indeed. of stories coming out. The director said he couldn't believe that Michael Jordan approved these next two episodes. So I know we all want to see him. Oh, I can't wait. So looking forward to that on Sunday. And, and, now let's. And, mm -hmm. and Charles just sounds salty that they are uh, not friends anymore. He really does just sound upset that he is not Michael Jordan's friend anymore. Do you think that Michael Jordan was uh, being too sensitive and not liking Charles Barkley anymore after he called him out for what I it was like? I think if they had, if, if they owner? had, their, 
if they were actual friends, like really, really good friends, he should have heard that from Charles first before you heard it on Absolutely. TV. Absolutely. Yeah. Had a conversation 100%. first. Yep. Yeah, that, if they were friends, like you can't, if we're actual friends, you can't say that on TV and not say it to me. If you say it to me and then go on TV with it, okay, I get it. I knew that was Charles's opinion, but I'd be, you get blindsided by that. Of course. All right, now let's talk about Kevin Durant from our Brooklyn Nets. He was on Little Wayne's Young Money Radio, and he talked about possibly will he be returning if the NBA picks it up, you know, during the season and playoffs in mid-July. Here's what he said. Everybody waiting on me to come back, so I know you know, a lot of emotions involved. Yeah, so, you know, I, know I, I, I get it. I, I understand the business now, but I'll be back when it's time. All right, we don't know when this time is going to be. It's been 13 months uh, since he had that Achilles tendon surgery. So we'll see what happens. But looking forward to that. And who knows if the season's even going to be starting again, you know? So we'll mm -hmm. see what happens. They say two to four weeks, Adam Silver's going to make a decision, the commissioner of the NBA, two to four weeks. It seems like the players want to come back, though. So that, that does matter play. a lot. Yeah, that does matter a lot, too, because if they didn't want to, I would say it's definitely not happening. But because they are willing and... Uh, you know, coming to that decision amongst themselves, then it makes sense to figure out how to do it safely. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, Charlemagne. Yes, sir. Who are you giving that donkey to? You know, I need a young man named Maurice Fain to come to the front of the congregation. Uh, we need to have a word with him. He's a scammer. Oh, boy. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Time for Donkey of the Day. Donkeys of the Day, Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed question. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey right. of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Donkey of the Day for Thursday, May 14th, goes to a young man named Maurice Fain, who goes by the name of Arkansas Mo. Now, I have no idea who uh, Maurice Fain is. I don't know who Arkansas Mo is, but they're the same person. Uh, but all the news reports I read from CNN, Fox News, The Hollywood Reporter, all say he stars on VH1's Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. I haven't watched that show in a minute, so I have no idea. I do know yesterday I read a story about him that pissed me off. And that's exactly why he's getting the credit he deserves for being stupid today. Now, we all have heard about the Paycheck Protection Program, right? PPP. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have, yes. uh, if, I, if I had to explain PPP for donkeys, it simply gives small business loans to continue to pay employees and cover other business expenses during this coronavirus crisis. If you don't use that money to pay your employees, you eventually have to pay that money back. OK, the whole goal of the loans is to keep workers employed during the pandemic now. It's been a lot of conversation surrounding the fact that this money isn't getting to the people who actually need it, especially small black owned businesses. There are small businesses I support like Evelyn's Kitchen here in New York. I've seen them venting their frustrations about not receiving any PPE, which has to be frustrating, especially when you see multi-million dollar, sometimes billion dollar businesses like the Los Angeles Lakers and Shake Shack receive money. There have been websites by prominent black figures like Robert F. Smith. Drop on the clues bombs for Robert F. Smith, a chairman of Vista Equity Partners. Remember, we had him on The Breakfast Club to discuss QuickBase.com, which is a website uh, brothers and sisters with small businesses can go to to help them get in the queue to get some of these loans. Okay, you know Diddy. Diddy, drop one of the clues bombs for Diddy. Uh, he launched AllFairShare.com, which is essentially the same thing, a website you can go to that helps you, you know, get, get through some of this red tape faster. Okay, I'm saying all that to say I have watched a lot of people who need and want these loans for the right reasons not be able to get them. Which brings me to Arkansas Mo, Maurice Fain. 
Okay, he runs a corporation called Flame Trucking. All right. And he submitted a PPP loan application for the company on April 15th, stating that the business had 107 employees and an average monthly payroll of one point four million dollars. All of this, according to an affidavit for the criminal complaint. OK, Flame Trucking asked for a loan of three point seven million dollars and certified that the loan that the loan proceeds would be used to retain workers and maintain payroll or make mortgage interest payments, lease payments and utility payments, because that's exactly what is specified you should do under the Paycheck Protection Program. Well, United Community Bank ultimately funded the loan. They didn't give him the $3 million, but they gave him $2,045,800 mm -mm. back in April. Well, would you like to know what happened next? <laughs> Let's go to Fox 5 Atlanta for the report, please. Maurice Mofane is out on bond, but authorities say they're monitoring him closely because not long after FBI agents interviewed him, he used his cell phone to look up countries with no extradition laws. The 37-year-old sole owner of Flame Trucking, who can be seen on episodes of Love & Hip Hop Atlanta, is in trouble with the feds for alleged fraud. The reality TV personality's April 15th loan application stated his business had 107 employees. Bain applied for a more than $3 million loan to maintain payroll and other payments. Documents show the bank gave him a more than $2 million loan. Days later, the U.S. Attorney's Office says Fain used more than half of that to buy a Rolex presidential watch, a diamond bracelet, five-carat diamond ring, lease a Rolls-Royce, and pay $40,000 for child support. May 6th, federal agents interviewed Fain, who admitted to applying for a loan but denied spending the money on anything but his business. According to Arvest Bank, Flame Trucking's account was closed September 17th, 2019. You know, uh, before I continue with this story, I would love to play a game of guess what race it is. I usually do this at the end, but I got to do this now. OK, I have to just for my own amusement. All right. Maurice Fane stars on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Black. He had a trucking company. Black. <laughs> applied for over three million dollars in PPP loans. Black. Ended up getting a little over two million. Black and spent $1.5 million on 85 grand in jewelry. Black. Including a Rolex watch. Black. A diamond bracelet. Black. A five-carat diamond ring. He Black. also leased, did I say leased, a 2019 Rolls-Royce Wraith. Black. And he paid 40 grand in back child support. Indian Angela Yee. Also those listening in the car are on the iHeartRadio app. Guess what race he is. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can I go first? Can I go first? Can I go first? What? Can I go what first? Think, Envy? I was leaning towards white, right? Just nah, black. He black. Like black, black, black. He's black. Angela Yee. What do you think? Guess what race he is. He's black. African American. Powerful. Oh, guess what? You're both wrong. All right. He's not black. He's a nigga. <laughs> All right. All right. A pure bread grade A nigga. Okay, yes, Uncle Ruckus, you are correct. It is heavy tree at work here. And in the Man, immortal words of Rick James, they, they should have never here. given you niggas money. Right. As humorous as I find this story, as humorous as I find these levels of tree, it bothers me because there are a lot of small businesses struggling mm -hmm. right now. You took two plus million dollars out of the hands of black owned businesses that really need it. You know what I'm saying? You know how many brothers and sisters really need that money and you out here giving it right back to the government, giving it right back to the white man because you want to buy jewelry and fancy ass cars? 
Now, there has been a lot of confusion among small business owners about PPP guidelines because a question that has been asked commonly is, can business owners be permitted to pay themselves a salary or take an owner's draw? I don't know the answer to that question, but I do know it's something that rubs me the wrong way about a man using the PPP money to buy jewelry and fancy cars. And according to the police affidavit, when asked if he used the money, to buy the Rolls Royce Wraith. Listen to this. This is true. It's in the police affidavit. When asked if he used the money to buy the Rolls Royce Wraith, he replied, kind of, sort of, not really. <laughs> okay. Now, Fane told the agents that he believed he had the right to use parts of the PPP loan proceeds for other business purposes and for working capital. My look at me. Tell me, what part of the trucking game does jewelry play? Okay, what business purposes of the trucking game is a Rolls Royce Wraith? Not to mention his Flames trucking account was closed on September 19th. I'm trying to figure out, number one, are they not betting people for this PPP money? And if they are betting people, why aren't the folks who really need it getting it? These are all questions that inquiring minds want to know. But in the meantime, Maurice, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're taking food off people's plates for your own personal gain. And that, to me, is some legendary sucker shit. Please give Maurice Fane's the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey mm. of the day. Ooh, you are the donkey of the day. Mm -mm -mm. I just want to say, though, a lot of people did. Bob Parsons, who owns GoDaddy, he got an $8 million PPP loan. He did just give it Parsons? back. He owns GoDaddy. He's the a billionaire. Yeah, the, you know how people host their websites on GoDaddy.com? Well, yeah, it, it's not, I don't think it's based on revenue. It's based on how many employees you got. So if you have, yeah, certain, he, if you have less, less than a certain amount of employees. You have to have less than 500 employees in order to be able yeah. to get that. But come on, dude. Like, you're a billionaire. Yeah, you know but I mean, saying? some a lot company... of people ended up giving back their. A lot of people did end up giving back the money though, like Shake Shack and a lot of corporations. The yeah. Lakers, we talked about that. You know, well, why, were why fill loans. it out to give it back though? What like what, did they they get they get a heart later on and say, you know what, maybe we just don't need I this think, money? I think sometimes your financial team does that. I think that a lot mm. of people's financial teams um, do it for them, and then they get approved and then they get the money. That's mm. what I think happens mm -hmm. in situations like that. Right. So, y'all, if you are applying for these loans and you don't need them for your business, let the small businesses who really need these loans get that money. And be clear, it is a loan, so it can be forgiven if you use it for the right purposes, for making sure that you can pay your employees, pay your lease, whatever it is that you need it for. It's not just for you to just have some more money. So, And it's damn sure not for you to stunt, At all. What do you mean? I'm about to do it today. I'm about to get me a Bugatti. No, I'm about to get me a new ring, a new chain. I'm about to get a up. What's that chain that T-Pain had back in the day? Big ass chain. I'm going to get me big ass chain. I'm letting you know right now, if you do that, you're definitely going to miss your daughter's graduation. Cause you're <laughs> okay, sir. <laughs> right. And you do All have right. to meet certain guidelines to be Goodness forgiven gracious. for this loan. So just know if you apply for it and you get it, they are going to investigate. People got to yeah, just make this. Just make sure you're doing the right thing with it. Make sure that money yeah. is going to your employees. That's There's it. a lot of people that need that, man. So, so please don't take advantage yes, of it. Please don't. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Yes, sir. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep it real.
Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now uh, it's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this 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 Eugene calling from Miami, Florida. What's up, bro? What's your question for Yee? All right, so Yee, I got this question right. So like, I just met this girl. I've been newer. We grew up probably in the next same neighborhood, and um, we've been dating for like three months. It's been going good. Mm-hmm. We decided to, like, invest in a few, you know, we ended up doing a few um, business and, and investments, and it's actually going good. But now I feel like our personalities is clashing where we, you know, we finding ourselves, you know, arguing more now. But the business is going good. So now I'm, I'm stuck between do I stay in a relationship and try to see where it goes or do mm-hmm. I continue with the business and you know just build off that like i'm i'm kind of yeah you know eugene it's always tough to date somebody while you're trying to do business together because you wonder if our relationship will affect the business now as far as you guys having invested in business together is this something that y'all have to work together on like show up for is it just an investment i mean yeah it's definitely like we definitely have to work day to day and, um, you know, be up on the one another, which, again, like, the vibe is always good, but it's just I believe that our, both of our, you know, personalities is dominant, and, like, when we clash, it's, it's pretty, like, nasty. So it's like, you know, I don't want to be going a whole nother year, two years, three years doing the same thing, but at the same time, the business, like I said, is, is pretty much good. We've been, we just started, and it's like we're seeing numbers, right. and, like, it's, it's, it's going good. Do y'all have a contract with everything, like legally, so just in case things go left, you know what you get and she knows what she gets? Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, but just making like, sure sometimes people disagree to do stuff and they don't map it out. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, you. that's what I'm saying. Like, damn, like, I'm stuck in, in between, you know, want to grow with this person because she's a very, very good, interesting person. You know what I'm saying? She's smart, intelligent, everything. Mm-hmm. But then, like I say, it's like, when you think about, you know, growing with somebody and building uh, a foundation with them also, it, it can be kind of sticky on both ends, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that it's worth a conversation for y'all both to have because it sounds like you guys are both good business people, so you can be practical when it comes to that. But when emotions get involved, sometimes that creates more friction. Sometimes when you're dating somebody, you end up talking about the business while you're at home supposedly having a good time, and that also causes friction in a relationship. So I would say since y'all both seem like you're intelligent and practical people, have that conversation. Be like, look, I just want to make sure I know that lines can get blurred and crossed as we're dating as well as doing business together. So let's make this agreement that we're not going to let our relationship affect whatever it is our business and we'll always keep that professional. And that when we are together and we're trying to have some downtime away from the business, we're not discussing things that might cause us to argue even more. Now, I don't know if you're saying you're not sure where you're going in the relationship, if you don't want to be with her or you just don't know what's going to happen, but you guys are also going to have to come to some agreement as far as conflict resolution. And when couples are together and they're doing business together, it's just as important important how you decide to discuss things that you might not agree on and how you decide to make up together. So that's something that y'all probably have to work on as well, because if you're going to have this ongoing relationship business-wise, you guys have to make sure you know 
how to speak to each other. What bothers me? I don't like it when you say this to me. It really affects me when you say this. When we argue, do we have certain things that we know to diffuse a situation? We need to not speak for a certain amount of time or do we need to address it right away? These are all things that y'all need to come together to discuss as far as making sure you have a long-term situation, business-wise at least. Okay, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, and she might agree with you. She might say, you know what? We do get into these really bad arguments. Our personalities sometimes clash. So let's figure out how we can make sure no matter what, our business is taken care of. If we decide that we want to continue on with this relationship, we can do that. If not, we can still do business together as adults. Okay, definitely. I appreciate that, Yee. All right, no problem. All right, ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, hit Yee now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Um, this is an anonymous caller. Anonymous. What's your name, anonymous? Um, anonymous. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Don't tell me. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> What's your question for Yee? <laughs> um, what if you have like a toxic baby daddy? And you know, like, he's going to be getting out of jail soon. He's going to, like, ruin your life. So, like... He's going to ruin your life? Yeah. Does he? And he knows like, where you live and everything. Well, not right now, because I'm in between housing. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm interested in buying this house that's, like, 40 minutes outside of town. And he gets out of jail at the end of July. And it's like, when he was out... He was, like, going crazy. I'm talking about, like, he's tried to get me fired from at least two of my jobs. Mm. He's like, I can't move on with my life. He's allowed to have a girlfriend. He doesn't want a co-parent. He filed for his rights. We go to do the mediation. He's like, oh, he doesn't want me to know where he lives at. He's telling the mediator that his mom's address. Like, then, like, when we leave, he's like, oh, can I take you to breakfast? Just, like, real toxic. Like, don't pay child support. Anonymous. Have you tried to handle this with the police? Like get a restraining order? I've had two through juvenile, but they expired. You need to get a permanent one. I actually had to get a permanent restraining order on somebody before. And this sounds to me like a situation where you need a permanent restraining order against this person. You are in fear of your life. You have a child. You don't know what he might do to you. He's calling your job. He's harassing you. You need to make sure that you do that legally. Against mm-hmm. him for menacing because they got him on the customer service line actually like talking to me. But right. it's just like right now he doesn't know where I'm at because he's incarcerated. But when he gets out, like he still has, even while he's in jail, he still has people reaching out to me. Like, right. I think what needs to happen is because, let me tell you, I'm sure he's scared to ever have to go back to jail. And once you get that permanent restraining order, if he reaches out to you, if any of his people reach out to you, if he continues to harass you, if he tries to show up where you are, then he'll go right back to jail. Yeah. Um, I think, and, and when you do buy that house, I would say try to make sure that you incorporate so that it's not traced back to your name. So when you do buy it, he can't just find out where you live easily. Right. It's like, I'm going to be buying this house. It's probably like 40 minutes outside of town, but I can still come to work, but it's out the way. Right. It's just like, I was going to move out of state, but this coronavirus killed that. It was like, I can't even get to Texas if I wanted to, because that's where I was going to go. But it's crazy. Like, he's getting out, and I'm not scared. It's just like, he just tries to ruin everything I got going on, which is weird, because, like, I don't want you, so... 
Can I live my yeah, life? Yeah, no, listen, I'm telling you right now, and I know sometimes it sucks to have to do that because you feel bad, like, oh, I'm going to get a restraining order. I don't want to put him in jail, but yeah, he'll be putting him... Yeah, his, his daughter loves him, but he's crazy, like... Listen, he he'll be putting himself in jail if he does reach out to you and harass you anymore. So just remember that it's not you putting him in jail. You're getting a restraining order for your own good. And if he violates that, that's on him. Then that means that he did something that he knew was going to land him in jail. That's not on you. You can't feel guilty about that. You're right. So okay, he knows what he got to do. And so just please, I'm begging you, like, just go ahead and go through that process. Start that now. Like, you can go and, and, you know, submit for that and make sure that you get it. You have people that could back you up and talk about the kind of things that he's done and how he's been menacing. And you have evidence of that. And you're in yeah. fear because that way if something happens, he's going to end up going right back to jail. And he'll have to think twice before he even tries to come for you. And sometimes people take advantage of the fact that they know they can prey on your weaknesses and know that you'll feel guilty. And of course, you never want to put nobody in jail. But he got to leave you alone. He can't try to destroy your life. He's not thinking. You're right. I don't know what's wrong with dude. <laughs> I really don't. He got to get some. And, you know, maybe they'll order he that he has to get some help. And he, she's like his little sidekick. It's like she allows him to do that shit. And let's just like, focus on him. Stay away from me. I don't even want you around me. Don't reach out to me. Don't come see me. And whatever they have to do in the court to figure out when he sees his daughter, let them handle that. If that means you got to drop your daughter off at your mom's house, whatever you got to do. At the, police, but, uh, at the police station. That's the only thing I'm going uh, to agree right. with. Okay. Well, good. It's on him now. You know, you get that restraining order. Now it's on him if he wants to stay out of jail. It's not on you. All right. Well, All right. I, I wish you so much you. luck, and we're sending you some love. Thank you so much. Bye -bye. All right. Good luck, Mama. Ask Yee, 800 585 1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can call Yee. Now we got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, and let's talk about somebody who's very upset about all these reports that they're not as nice as you might think they are. A lot of people are coming out with stories about how mean this person is. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Yes, so now there's been some reports that Ellen DeGeneres is not as nice as she tries to appear and people saying that she's just straight out mean. There's also a lot of stories. If you look online, they actually started a whole Twitter thread a couple of months ago that was started by comedian Kevin T. Porter. He said he was going to donate $2 to the Los Angeles Food Bank in exchange for every story about Ellen being mean. And a lot of people weighed in. Some people wow. had evidence. They were saying that going to her show was demeaning. Then there was also reports about her not paying her staff during this time and hiring a whole new staff to come in to do the Ellen show. Uh, one person also said you might as well nickname her the Teflon Terror because they said viewers at home keep buying what she's selling. Ellen's been in our homes for so long, it'll take a lot more than a bodyguard and a blogger to change how people feel about her. Her best response is just being happy Ellen on the show every day. So it says that she is a little bit stressed out, though, about all these stories about people saying that she's been very mean. A former bodyguard also claimed that while working for her, she never said hello to him, never thanked him. And he said the whole experience was just demeaning. Is that the only example? Like, what are the examples? No. 
Variety published several accounts from crew members of The Ellen Show. They said they were barely getting paid during coronavirus lockdown and that she hired a non-union, less expensive crew to work on her show from home. And then again, there's a whole Twitter thread. If you look online, you can see it where people talked about being on the show and how she was nasty and mean to them. So even though, according to some people, they're saying that she promotes kindness to the viewers, they said that she really is very heartless. But some people are also saying, well, you know, she might just... uh, have issues with, you know how some people have like social issues and things like that. So I don't know what the true story is, mm-hmm. but there are a good number of stories of people saying that she was just nasty. I mean, that's so interesting because, you know what I'm saying? I always wonder, you know, what do people be expecting of folks? Like, you know, just because you have a perception of somebody doesn't mean that's who they, who they are. Like, would you want Ellen to dance with you every single day? But I will say most people like that the way they, uh, you know, um, um, what, what they give off on television is are is not who they are in real life. Because I know plenty of people who give off that nice, uh, do-gooder energy, and they're the most trash-ass people. And then I know people who give off the opposite energy, who might be the nicest people behind the scenes. So, yeah, you know, but but can it also be the time that you catch them? You know what I mean? Because true, you, you that's can true, catch that's them. You know, too. maybe they're out with their family, or maybe they're doing something, and you know, they say, "Well, not right now," and people take that as a slap in the face. That's mm-hmm. true, too. I think you also have to worry, like, you know, if people who actually worked with you have things to say about you, because like, they're saying a lot of her crew members are talking about it and, you know, uh, and even her own security. And, you know, it, it does feel like if all these people who worked with you are saying these things about you, then maybe there's some truth to it. Mm-hmm. That's probably because people be fronting their ass, though. I can't stand it. I hate it. I'll be laughing. I laugh when yeah, I see so. Portray a certain way on on you know anything, and then behind the scenes they really be the wackest, trashest people. Mm-hmm. So I think what people do have to think about is like what kind of energy are you putting out there? How do you treat the people that work with you and work for you? Because you never know when those people and you know it can work for a number of years, but then when it comes out and the truth comes out, and a number of people have something to say, you know that's how is that how you want to be remembered? So not sure what's going on in Ellen's case, but maybe there's still time for her to think about the way she's treated people. Mm-hmm. If this is indeed true. Now, Wendy Williams has sold her former New Jersey family mansion. It's been quite some time since she put that on the market. She originally listed that uh, property back in January and she listed it for $1.895 million. Then she dropped the price to $1.699 and then it was listed at $1.5. And so she has finally just sold it. So I'm sure that's good news. What did she sell now, it for? Wendy, what? what did she sell it for you, you know? I know the last time it was listed was 1.5, so I'm not sure what the actual sale price was. But she lost about 600 thousand on the house. She paid about 2.1 for that home, close to Mm 2.2. But she just wanted to get out of it. I'm sure. One thing about Wendy, though, what you see is what you get. What she presents to you on TV (laughs) and on radio is exactly who she is in real life. God damn it. Okay. All right, and congratulations to Black Thought and Quest Love. They have done a deal with Universal Television, and it's a first look deal. So they, they've been part of the NBC family since 2009 when they became the house band for Jimmy Fallon. And so now they have their own deal. Quest Love said this deal is very important to us as we've been content producers and storytellers for our entire career. They also had that AMC documentary series, Hip Hop, The Songs That Shook America, that was really great. So congratulations to them. They have the Black Woodstock film coming um, out as well. So it'll be drop, really dope. Drop, it's a musical based on... Bombs. Mm-hmm. And it's also a musical that they have coming out based on on Soul Train. So they have a lot of different things happening. So well-deserved. Dropping drop the clues bombs for Quest Love and um, Black Thought. I'm telling you, every 
TV production company, film production company needs to hire rappers because rappers are the best storytellers. They have the most new, creative, interesting stories that y'all have not done yet. The rappers, I'm telling you. All right. Well, Blueface looks like he's getting a lot of attention because of things that he's doing. Now, he shared a video on social media of his child's mother, Jaden Alexis. And I guess it looked like she was trying to, to break the windows of his house. And she did break she one window, I believe. No th- she wasn't with, she did break with that. One. Did you see it? She did break one with that yes. rubber. Uh, she had like a rubber. What was that? I don't know what a rubber shovel. or I, I don't know what that was. But I did see her. Blueface yeah, is like whack for he's, he's whack for posting that man. That, that's well. Here's what he, he was, here's what it sounded like. What's wrong with your mommy? What's wrong with your mommy? What's wrong with her? Oh no! <laughs> she don't live here. What's she doing? <laughs> baby mama drama. Damn, I got some good. That's yeah, your baby so he was making jokes. With, your, with your son right there. He shouldn't have posted that Crying. one. Crying. That's whack. bad. Like, you don't ever want your child it's, to witness something like that. Yeah, it's whack as hell for that to be playing out in front of the kid. It's whack as hell for Blueface to be recording mm-hmm. it. Even though I understand why he probably did record it, because it'll keep him out of trouble later, just in case. Correct. And she shouldn't mm-hmm. be acting like that in front of the child. Like, that child right. is going to remember that, and that child is going to think that behavior is normal. And it's not. Well, she, okay, that's how well, trauma she post- begins. She posted, since we take ish to the gram... And then she said that uh, N-words lick, I don't know how to say this. Um, lick what? Hmm. Uh, the brown round. And then when bitches the do the pull-up, they, they run upstairs with a scary bitch, but we don't yes. see the footage of when a bitch got inside. Now, do we, babe? And so I you guess she did manage to ass? get in the house. Well, it's not just that. It's I don't think you can say oh, lick oh, gotcha. with that together. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm say- Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. You can say lick the itch, but you can't say lick the brown round. Yeah, brown round y'all is be, good. Y'all be doing a lot of toss salad shaming on this show this week, bro. I'm letting y'all know that right now. You, when Nene Leaks was here, y'all do a lot of toss salad shaming. Who said you, you just can't you? say it on air. I, I just tossed some salad last night. What you talking about? I you did? You know? Yeah. Did you brush your teeth this morning? No. <sighs> I know. <laughs> I don't think any of us wanted to visualize any of this just now. So, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. it was your anniversary yesterday, right? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got to do that on the anniversary. You, yeah, 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 yeah. You got to. You're right. See, you got to give. Once a year. You got to give, give all the fixings, all the sides, all the sides and fixings last night. <laughs> all right, guys. Enough with the brown eye talk. <laughs> This is grown man, 40-year-old adult talk when you're married, happily married, okay? Pretty like, brown that's what this eyes. Is. All right, that's right. All right. That, pretty brown, that pretty brown fourth eye. There you, you know, go. Your wife, should have, your wife got two eyes, and she got a third eye, and then she got that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I hate you, man. Revolt, we'll see you tomorrow, man. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in. It's the Breakfast Club. <sighs> Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, shout to Dr. Jess for joining us this morning. Dr. Jessica Clemens, follow Dr. Jess. Ask Dr. Jess. Um, you know, Dr. Jess is dope. She's a licensed psychiatrist here in New York City. And she also takes, um, she does sessions on her Instagram. So, you know, you should send her a message. Ask Dr. Jess and you might be the next person she talks to if you need right. somebody to talk to. Salute to my guy Law, too, man. Peace to the God, Law. Congratulations on the new seed. Brilliant is the Mm -hmm. young king's name.
All right. All right. Well, when we come back, we got more. And don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. EJ, Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, I don't know uh, where you guys are from out there, but this weekend is supposed to be nice out in the East Coast. They're talking about 82, 75, 70 degrees all weekend long. Finally. Is it, yeah. still, is it, is it virusy weather, though? Is that, that virusy mean? weather? What does that mean? <laughs> is that, that virusy weather? Because it's been kind of cold since this virus has been happening. So 80 degrees, is, does that mean we can go out? I don't know. I mean, we it's should. It's going to be hot as hell. With their mask on this summer, by the way. Absolutely. I don't know if you walked around with the mask on and you go to the store and you were walking upstairs, you get tired yeah, fast man. as hell with that damn mask on. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I don't know how people oh. are jogging in the park with the mask on. Like, I tried to go, you know, I've been going super early in the morning on the weekends and I have it on at first, but then when I see nobody around, I got to slide it down a little so I could breathe. Yeah, that's that's what I got to do. I always got to slide it down a little bit so I can breathe, too. And then put it right, right back on after you take a few deep breaths. Michelle, <laughs> man, you got a positive note? Listen, man, it is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I just want to tell anybody out there that may be dealing with, you know, a little depression today, always remember there is hope, even when your brain tells you there isn't. Breakfast Club, bitches! We all finished or y'all done?